You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible is Literature. Father Mark Bulos. And this is Dr. Richard Benton. And you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. Last week, when I presented a possible topic to Father Paul, it led into a discussion of the word shamar in Genesis. So we thought it would be great to talk about that today, Father Paul. So if you'd like to go right in and start the discussion, that would yes, be great. Yes, Good morning to both of you. Good morning, Father. Uh, that word is extremely interesting because I discovered through my research that Genesis is already a part and a central part of the Torah, the five books of Moses, and not a prequel or an introduction which... I used to believe many, many years ago. And that verb, which is very important, as we all know, because it is usually used with to keep the law, to keep the way of God, to keep God's commandments, and so on, shamar. So let's go over the instances, which is very important. The first one is the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it, which is her. It could be garden or earth, but as I explained, is to till the earth and keep her it's feminine the earth then in 324 we have the lord putting a cherubim to guard the way to the tree of life but in hebrew to keep the way let's hear it to keep the way and we all know that the way is the way later of the torah so one more time let's hear the original to keep the earth The cherubim is to keep the way, which is ultimately the way according to the will of God. And he has to keep it, and we all know that he kept it. The one who broke the keeping was Adam. Then, in 4.9, I'm going to read it just as a teaser, and I'm going to leave it to come back to it at the end. In 4.9, we hear, Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? He said, which is Cain, I do not know. Notice, lo yadati, the knowledge, again, the knowledge of the Torah. Am I my brother's keeper, shomer? Notice the immediate connection. One more time, the original heard within the entire scripture. In 17, in conjunction with the covenant of circumcision, People imagine that it's free for all. No, it is not. It is bound by keeping the covenant. As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Then one has to be always patient with scripture and allow God to say what he wants to say. Very often we stop here and we start making a sermon about Genesis 9 and 10. You can't do that if you don't know the rest. In 18, very early, which will be repeated in 26, we hear, Know, for I have chosen him that he may charge his children, and charge in the Hebrew, the original, Yitzaweh, from the verb Tsiweh, which is to command, as God did in the garden. He commanded 
commanded adam that he may charge his children and his household after him to keep the way of the lord notice this shamar to keep the way one more time in order to do righteousness and justice notice again the doing of the commandments of god so that the lord may bring to abraham what he has promised him and that already prepares us for jeremiah and ezekiel the condition of the realization of the promise is doing the commandments of god and let me mention it now before i forget at the end that's why people should not be amazed when paul in galatians at the beginning stresses the freedom and at the end he ends with the law of the spirit that we have to do which by the way is the love of the neighbor and i'm going to come back to this cain and abel story in genesis 26 we have a repetition of what we heard in 18 sojourn in this land this is what the lord is saying to isaac and i will be with you and i will bless you and to your descendants to fulfill the oath which i swore to abraham your father i will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and will give to your descendants all these lands and by your descendants all the nations of the earth shall bless themselves because abraham obeyed my voice jeremiah and kept my charge my commandments my statutes and my laws and in the hebrew it's very powerful because in this series of four statements which all mean commandment the first one is a word from the same root as shamar let's hear it in hebrew because abraham obeyed my voice mishmarti very powerful on the ears that's what he did he kept what i have asked him to keep that's why his descendants will be blessed and the last one which i mentioned and i left is genesis 24 where we hear abraham you know chapter 24 is about the preparation for the wedding of isaac and abraham speaks to his servant then the servant said to him perhaps the woman may not be willing to follow me to this land he asked him to bring the woman here because isaac did not leave the land very important must i then take your son back to the land from which you came abraham said to him see to it that you do not take my son back there and the hebrew hishamer without discussing the verbal form it's the sound for my general hearers so abraham made sure that the servant would keep his command throughout genesis we have this tune if you like that whenever we hear shamar we are talking about god's law which is god's voice which is god's will expressed obviously in commandments i abhor mysticism god spoke to me and i felt really in my heart what he wanted me to do no you're doing your will if you felt it in your heart the people from the outside have to hear it again in the new testament very important that people heard the voice from the cloud at the baptism and transfiguration but let's get back to genesis throughout genesis we have right from the beginning including the story of the cherub one of the cherubim that they had to keep the way of the lord 
given all that, it is impossible in the sense that it is not allowed for a hearer to understand that the Lord was reminding Cain that he is supposed to be the babysitter of Abel, as I hear people explain. Practically, they don't say that, but this is how it sounds. But it cannot be if it is mentioned. And interestingly, in passing, please remember when I stress in my classes and my commentaries, when something is mentioned in passing, and thus not necessarily remember in the classroom how many times I would read a text with you, and on purpose I would dismiss two words. And most of my students in the first year imagine that they know scripture, but they don't. They don't miss anything. The classic text is 1 Corinthians 15, when people say, if Christ was risen from the dead. But the text says, if Christ was preached unto you as risen from the dead. In other words, it's not a news on TV. It's a news from the mouth of the apostle. So all these things are important. Given all that, let's get back to Genesis 4.9. One more time when you hear it in the original. Am I the keeper? Shomer is an active participle, which in Hebrew functions as a noun and a verb at the same time. So is he supposed to be the keeper of his brother? And notice, please, that God does not answer his question. Very interesting. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened his mouth. We remember the importance of ground, which is Adama, the feminine of Adam, to receive your brother's blood from your hand. Very often the teacher or the parent do not answer the question of their students and their children because the answer is obvious. You are supposed to keep your brother and the footnote, which is more than footnote, because this is what I want. Yes, you are the older brother and you have to keep. And in my mind, this statement crowns the statement earlier of Adam being in charge to keep the earth and the trees and the grass and the plants so that he, Adam, all human beings, and the animals would have life from this ground. And the ultimate is the keeping of the other human being. Notice in Genesis, Adam, which was male and female, was not asked to keep the other human beings. It is not in the text. In chapter 4, very clearly, Cain is asked to keep his brother in the sense of keeping the commandment of the care and the love of the neighbor. And again, I go back to Galatians, which is really magisterial. Paul says at the end, I've been writing for four chapters about freedom. Beware not 
to use your freedom to devour one another in the original Greek. Because if so, no one will be remaining and you will have destroyed the church that God is trying to build as he wrote earlier in chapter 1 and 2. And he ends by saying the entire law is subsumed in the love of the neighbor. And very clearly there he says, be slaves to one another. The verb dulevo, to serve as a slave. In other words, as he says in Philippians, when you love the other, you have to come from underneath and not from above because only God is the father of all and he loves as a father. You have to love from underneath. Remember in Philippians, you have to consider yourselves less than the others. Very important. And that was the mistake of Cain. He thought because he was the older brother, he had a free hand. No, God remind him that exactly as he, God, had asked Adam to serve Adama, who is the mother, remember, he comes from the earth. He had to come from underneath and not serve from above. To serve, in essence, means come from underneath. And this cannot happen unless it is ultimately the only father who is commanding you to keep. So keeping is not by choice. I choose or I do not choose to keep. Shamar has the connotation of must because throughout scripture it comes as being asked for by a command by God. Genesis is definitely the book of books until Matthew, of course, which is another Genesis as it entitles itself. There is a beautiful connection between Genesis and Shamar in Hosea chapter 12. And in chapter 12, in verse 12 and 13, Jacob fled to the field of Aram, and Israel served for a woman, and for a woman he kept. Now, it just says kept in Hebrew. Some commentators, including me, say kept sheep is the implication of that. The reason why is because in the following verse, and by a prophet, Yahweh brought up Israel from Egypt, and by a prophet, he was kept. So I wanted to make the parallel between the sheep. But Jacob kept the incorrect law by keeping for the sake of the woman, and keep is shamar. But Yahweh protected the people, and the verb that's used is nishmar, was kept from shamar. So the idea that you always emphasize, Father Paul, I see it emphasized here again. We are not released from slavery. Israel was not released from slavery so that they could be free but so that they could keep Yahweh's law. And earlier in chapter 12 in Hosea, he says, And you will return to your God, keep kindness, chesed, and justice, mishpat, and hope or wait on your God forever. So Jacob kept his own law to serve and to enslave himself. Yahweh kept Israel and brought them out of slavery, out of Egypt, so that the people, Israel, could keep chesed and mishpat, mercy and justice, and that they would hope in their only God and to wait on their God. The way that Hosea weaves 
the very themes you were talking about, even using the same characters, Jacob, and using the same verb, Shamar, it's amazing to see these connections between Hosea and Genesis. All I can say is that Hosea is not the book of books because Hosea is the only prophet that refers using the same words that are found only in Genesis, already in chapter 2. And I will remove the names of the Baals from her mouth, and they shall be mentioned by name no more. And I will make for you a covenant on that day with the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the creeping things of the ground, and I shall abolish the bow, and so on. And I discuss this matter in my book, The Rise of Scripture. So, really, Scripture is interwoven, and I'm not only thankful, but appreciative of your comments for the sake of the hearers. I'm sure all the hearers have noticed that you and I were making points from Scripture, out of scripture and that ends up as an invitation to the hearers to go back to the text and check how would they know whether i'm really quoting from hosea chapter 2 and you quoted from hosea chapter 12 that is extremely important and more so if the hearers would make the effort to hear through people more knowledgeable in Hebrew, the original, the connection is always in the original. It's an extremely important point. I dismissed the play between keeping the law of God and God keeping us, but you brought it up and I'm really appreciative for that. That again, the play on Shamar is beyond just my presentation, but it's all there. That's my conviction after I have studied the Bible for five decades and after having written this book. Until now, Mark knows that I said, hold on, I'm sending you an extra two paragraphs extra. And, and then yesterday I said, enough is enough, you know, it will never end. So the main point is made and it has always to function as an invitation to the readers, as I have written way back in the intro to my commentary on Galatians. People should not spend their time, they could spend their time reading my book because it's very detailed, but not quoting it, which we all theologians do. Notice how theologians quote their colleagues, themselves, and the fathers and scripture as though they are different sources of the same value, no? Quotations have to be always from Scripture, and that is because they are the words of God. I was saying to someone two days ago that when you pray, you have to pray the Psalms because they were uttered by the mouth of God. You don't write your own hymns or your own apolitikia and kondakia, so, no, worthless. No, you repeat what God taught you to say to him. That's extremely important in my eyes, and I discussed this in my commentary on Galatians when Paul refers to Psalms. Anyway, once again, Father Paul, I can't stress enough listening to our interviews and discussions with you on the podcast, reading scripture on our own, studying your books, all of the projects we work on trying to sow the seed. I can't stress enough to our listeners the supreme value 
of paying attention to detail without letting go of the big picture. I think that's something unique about the school you created, Father Paul. You see the system as a whole. You are faithful to the narrative as narrative. It's a story. It's not an engineering schematic. But at the same time, you pay attention to the details of the narrative. The addition of a word, the absence of a word, the proximity of two words, of two concepts, all of this is essential when reading in this genre. So I'm most gratified that we had the chance to talk about Shamar, and we'll make the effort to keep that which was handed to us from above as we go forward. Thank you very much to both of you, and may God bless you always. Thank you. Thank you, Father Paul. Okay. Take care, gentlemen. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.